Hey, this is Rachel, and I did not die in a hot air balloon. Hey, this is Chris, and if you hadn't been to Garden of the Gods, I would recommend going pretty soon. In this episode, you're going to hear the first part of our conversation about our Colorado vacation. In a word, it was fantastic. Enjoy. I can't get anybody to understand that I really like myself better in vacation mode than any other mode. I know. Let's talk about vacation. Speaking of. I loved it. I did too. I loved that there was no humidity. Oh my Lord. Whew. And 85 degrees out there did not feel like 85 degrees here. No. Did have one little bit of rain, but other than that, we had great weather. I guess we could just go day by day. We left on Wednesday the 14th. Yes. And I think we had mentioned multiple times that we were going to Colorado. We went to Colorado Springs. Uh Uh-huh. And we had a very early flight. We had a 6 a.m. flight from Birmingham to Dallas. And let me just say, getting six grown-ups up, dressed, out of the bed, and to the airport by 5 a.m. was pretty... um, Just a Christmas miracle. It was just short of a Christmas miracle. Um, But we did it, and there was not too much complaining. Security was not too much obviously we said this that day you can't get anywhere from here because those 6 a.m flights not just on southwest but i think on all the airlines were pretty full which means to get anywhere from birmingham you've got to go somewhere else right and we were catching like a 10 o'clock flight from dallas i'm sure they're all the delta people were catching flights from atlanta yep I don't know that I realized how small the Colorado Springs airport was until we came home, but she was tiny. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, the day we did the hot air balloon and we were literally floating over the Mm -hmm. Colorado Springs airport and we were like, oh, wow, there's only one terminal. Uh Uh-huh. And there's like places for like nine planes. Right. And I mean, that was it. But we went went to Dallas. We had a couple of hours, and Chris and Tim had what for breakfast? Dickie's Barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what we always eat in the Dallas airport. Breakfast of champions. Exactly. Um, and it was fun. I don't remember what... Oh, I was going to say I didn't remember what form we had it in, but it was in a breakfast burrito. Oh, of course it was. So an eggs and brisket combination, number one. Nice. And we did discover after we got to Colorado Springs, there was like a Dickie's Barbecue restaurant. Yep. Not too far. We ended up not going because we didn't really have enough meals. But for those of you that don't know, I believe Dickie's is a Texas establishment. Is that correct? Maybe uh, Melanie could respond to this. (laughs) Yes, Melanie Schenkel, we need. um, It let us know if that's actually the case. Then we got into Colorado Springs, like right about lunchtime, which was fantastic. Yes. Um, Now we did lose an hour because they're on mountain time. So um, we actually picked up a little time. We picked up our Ford Transit passenger van, otherwise known as the homeschool bus. Yes. And 
Tim is normally the driver and I'm usually the alternate on the uh, rental car agreement. And I was very excited to drive the van because, you know, I have this um, RV thing that where I either want to rent an RV and drive it somewhere along a long trip or, um, you know, I want to like drive the school bus or something. I don't know which, but. Well, when I so was... here, here's the thing about Tim is that <clears throat> he's the default driver in our family. So anytime we go out, we're leaving to go to church. We're leaving to go to get a sandwich. He's the driver. I don't know if it's a control issue or if he feels safer if he's driving. But for some reason, we were coming back from Charleston and you drove that last leg. He was like, I don't know that I could have made it. There's something about him that is superheroish to me. <laughs> and I think he can just, you know, he's like a horse. He can just do anything. And for him to give up the driving was a big deal. Well, I mean, we had talked about it and he knew that I wanted to drive that passenger van some. And so it didn't. You know, I mean, it wasn't any big surprise, but like, so Wednesday afternoon, we picked up the van. We had some time to kill before we could check in. And so we found this little shopping area where we wandered around and went into a bunch of shops and we ended up finding a Mexican place to eat, which I mean, oh my gosh, we had Mexican right there on Wednesday afternoon. Okay. So back up a minute. How did you, how did you find out about Manitou Springs? Because that's the little suburb that we were in. Um, I think just when... You know, anytime I would get on the Internet and start looking at things to do in Colorado Springs, it would always mention this little area. And there were, so there was Manitou Springs and there was old Colorado City. OK. Um, you know, we ended up driving through old Colorado City, but we never shopped over there. But both of them were kind of billed as, um, you know, old historic kind of shopping areas that have a lot of things to do. Obviously, they're touristy. I mean, these are, I mean, there's plenty of houses right around in there, but the main, you know, the main drawing point is tourism, obviously. What we didn't know at that point was that, like, the rail, the train that we took to the top of Pikes Peak was, all of that was in this Manitou Springs area. Right. By the time we got there and started looking for a place to eat, we ended up having to go to a couple of places before we could find somewhere to be seated. And we didn't know it was a Mexican restaurant when we went in it. We just saw it. It was called The Loop. And when we got in there, we were like, oh, this is Mexican. But it turned out to be great. We had a great server. The food was good. The little guy that served us had grown up in Manatee Springs. right? And so we ended up, you know, asking him about places to go and things that we needed to see and Mm -hmm. um so it ended up being a great afternoon that was the only day it rained um we were caught in it unprepared but even so it wasn't like a summer storm here where it just rains buckets and buckets and buckets i mean it was a steady rain right but but nobody melted nope we found out nobody was made of sugar one fun little thing about that place was they had an old timey like penny arcade and it was a it just went on and on and on and on. It was several different rooms and in these kind of multiple buildings. But like in one room, they had nothing but ski ball and one room. They had all these old like old like 60s old um, arcade games and pinball machines and 
they had like an original Pac-Man machine and that was fun to just kind of wander through. Also out on the, on the sidewalks of that little penny arcade thing was, were all these little um, ride on things that they used to have like outside the Kmart or outside the grocery store. (laughs) And I mean, there were just, there was just rows and rows of them, you know, But I, I was asking Chris, I was like, did y'all ever? Because I remember ours were outside the Kmart. Ours were outside the Piccolo Wiggly. And, and you know, that was kind of fun to look at all those. And, of course, it was funny because Grant, well, I guess none of the kids had seen really any of that kind of stuff. And Grant, of course, is very interested in sports and he's also interested in art. And so some of the pinball machines had like, that glass, that reverse glass painting stuff where they're painted from the backside and it, you know, and it shows through and oh yeah, he was very interested in that. And um, so there were some neat things in there, but we left there, went to check in our, our um, Airbnb and we didn't know it, but we would end up being back over there at least once or maybe twice um, before the week was over. That night, by the time we got to where we were going, it had been a long day. So we just made a quick stop at the grocery store just to get, you know, water and breakfast stuff and just enough to kind of get us through to snack. And we all, I think, went to bed early that night. So we didn't go out to a restaurant that night? Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Because remember, it took a while for us to find a place we could sit down and eat. It was like 2.30 or 3 before we ever sat down to eat lunch. Yeah. So then that night, everybody just kind of got settled in. And so we had Grant on the sofa that night. Caitlin and Reigns were in one bedroom. Chris and Tim were in one room and Kevin and I were in the other. Despite the whole debacle of the VRBO, I thought it was centrally located to everything that we did. And it just was perfect yeah it really was and i will say colorado springs is nice because you can be from one side of town to the other in like 20 minutes right there's plenty to do obviously but nothing is terribly far away from each other we did find our our airbnb to be really in a great location it was a little bit north of the city really easy to get on and off the interstate yep And we really had no trouble finding our way around. And then Thursday was Tim's birthday. That's right. So first thing. 58. He is 58, I think. He was not 58, remember, until that evening. Oh, that's right. He wanted to be sure that we knew that all day long he was not 58. Right. But we started out that morning. uh, Well, the other when we went to the grocery store. You ask him about getting a birthday cake, and he was like, no, I don't think so. Let's just get some kind of snacky type stuff for breakfast. And so I got like a couple of things of muffins, and we got some bananas, and he turned around, and we were standing like right by the hostess shelves. And (laughs) (laughs) he said... I think from about there all the way to the end of the shelf, any of that you want me to have would be fine. (laughs) (laughs) So we ended up with powdered buns. I know we ended up with powdered donuts and we ended up with honey buns. And he said, I hadn't had a honey bun in a long time. 
and we were unloading the groceries and Grant goes, mmm, honey buns. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, you've got a, those, uh, you know, Mr. Tim got some of those special, so you can't have all of those. But <laughs> So we got up the next morning and we headed out to Garden of the Gods, which, I, I mean, I don't know how you begin to describe it. I honestly don't either. I had no idea what we were getting into, and I, I don't know how to describe it. I will say that after, and I had been in that area of the country before, but I don't know that I've paid it as close of attention to the geography. But like all those movies that you've seen, like all those old Western shows and movies and stuff, and you you can't really imagine what the desert looks like or what that with that kind of landscape with a lot of brush and these giant red rocks and all that kind of stuff. It, it just really is. It's gorgeous. It's very different than what we're used to in this part of the country. It's massive. Yes. Garden of the Gods is all these giant, massive red rock structures. And you can drive through. There's a bunch of hiking trails. There are places that you can do rock climbing. There's all kinds of places you can stop and get pictures and all that kind of stuff. At one point, we started talking about how big everything was and how old everything was. And I heard one of the guides say that like one particular place where we stopped called Balance Rock. And it literally is these two kind of a little bit flatter rocks, but one of them's balanced right on top of each other. And somebody asked him about the age of that. And he said, well, those are estimated to be about 300 million years old. And I mean, I'm not good at math, but I can't, I don't have that kind of numbers in my head. No, no. Like, I don't even know where to start with that. Okay, now that you mentioned Balanced Rock, when we drove through, did we drive through that section again? Or was that the only time we went through that section? I think that's the only time we went through that section. And remember that when we got out and we all climbed up there? Yes, yes. Did we do a complete loop or did we, we went in one entrance and went out another entrance, right? Yes, but we ended up doing the loop because remember when we got to that one section where we went to the trading post, which, by the way, was the oldest or is the oldest operational trading post in the country. And if you don't know that we have a policy of no gift shop left behind, so we had to go in there. But remember when we came out of there, we turned right and that put us back on that loop. So for Lynn, give her some idea of if you get in the car just to drive through at one time and do not stop, what's it take? Maybe 15 minutes? Um, depending on traffic. It, I mean, yeah, it could take maybe 30 total. When we That morning, we were there pretty early. But remember when we started the second day, um, it was much later in the day or later yeah. in the morning. And remember how much more traffic there was? Yes. So if you're there middle of the day, it could probably take you 30 minutes because you're going to be in a line of cars and you're going to have to go slower. Right. But you really can't drive through it fast because of just the magnitude of what you're seeing. Right. You you just can't. And I mean, there are a couple of places that you can pull off and get out. That Balance Rock area actually has like a parking area. 
there are a couple of other places that have pull-offs for maybe three or four cars and you can jump out and take a quick picture. And then the second time we went through there, remember we went through that central loop Uh that took us up to that other little section that had the parking area where we got out. But there, it's not like you can park just anywhere. Like there's only maybe two or three sections within the park that you could actually get everybody get out of the car kind of thing. Right. Um, I will say that if you go to Garden of the Gods online, they do have a printable map and it shows all the driving stuff, all the hiking trails, all of that kind of stuff. It gives you distances and everything. And I had done a lot of that research, but I left my map at home, which I don't know if Chris wants to talk about my search for a paper map. That was I'm a whole different story. That at the appropriate time, but where Rachel likes to do a lot of research, I like to be surprised <laughs> <laughs> by all of Rachel's research. <laughs> well, I just feel like since I have been appointed the navigator and I relish that role, I think somebody ought to know where we're going or at least have some clue. Right. Anyway, Garden of the Gods was amazing. Um, we described it. As raw bacon, it looked like raw bacon. Yeah, Grant thought that the rock, the side of the rocks kind of looked like strips of bacon. And I have to say, I'm not sure I would have thought of it, but now that he mentioned it, right, I see it. Yes. Um, Another thing I wanted to add was while it was dry and not humid, I did not feel like it was dusty or, or desert. I mean... It just yeah. didn't feel dusty to me. It didn't feel dusty. And the pe- from people that live there all the time said that there, the month prior to our being there had been very, very wet for them yeah. and that yeah. that was unusual for them. Not to have any any rain, but to have as, had as much as they've had as early in the summer as they had it. They kept, It was funny. They kept talking about how everything was so green. Yes. And there were things that were green, but a lot of their vegetation is is not like green leaf type trees. It's not like my new lawn green. No. And so we were kind of like, oh, yeah. You know, now I will say this, like lots of their flowers and potted plants and wildflowers that you would see just on the side of the road were looked like they were thriving. Yes. Lots of really pretty colors, mm-hmm. looked like a lot of healthy plants, sunflowers everywhere. Yes. And I don't know if that's a Colorado thing or if they just like the climate, but tons of sunflowers like in people's yards, on the side of the road, in mm-hmm. beds, different places. Um, that was fun to see all those sunflowers growing everywhere. And I will add this, when we were in, Tim and I went to Arizona, we've been a couple of times, and Arizona has a lot of cacti, and we didn't see many cactus in Colorado. Mm -mm. We saw a few, but not many. Yeah, not near the volume that's in Arizona. Right. Okay, so in addition to this trading post, which I would call a big souvenir shop, they had the best selection of just tchotchkes of all kinds. Yes. It somewhat reminded me of the gift shop 
at the Dole Plantation just because it kept going on. Yes, it was big. And they had a restaurant and they had like an outdoor area, seating area, wandering area, all kinds of all kinds of stuff. So in general, everybody, I mean, we all like, I don't know why, Chris and I don't really know why we were talking about this on the trip, but we like these little junky touristy shops. And I I don't know why, but we do. So the kids were always looking for t-shirts. I was looking for stickers for my journal because I like to, when I write about different things we did on different days, I like to put a sticker from all the places we went. And that kind of helps me jog my memory Plus, they have some really fun stickers right now. Yes. Grant is always, you know, looking for hats. So that at that particular stop, I bought a T-shirt. Rains and Caitlin both bought sweatshirts. Mm-hmm. Tim actually bought a couple of shirts. And yep. I think Grant got a shirt. I can't, I can't remember who all did what. And that was where we encountered our first smash penny machine. And I was, I've got to say, I was unprepared. I didn't have my change ready. Oh, man. Um, and then when Kevin gave me a dollar to try to get some change, I, I couldn't find anybody to give me some change. And there was a sign on the Smash Penny machine that said that it was out of alignment and say so that your your image might not appear the way it was supposed to. So my Smash Penny collection is a whole nother s- subject yes. for maybe another day. But and anyway, that- we loved Garden of the Gods. We left oh, there. That orange bag that looked like a oh yeah your canteen bag yeah yes that was chris's first purchase and it was a good one yes it was like a cross body bag but it was round and it and kevin said it sort of reminded him of like an old canteen bag but it was not ugly like an old canteen bag no. But we left there and we headed toward um, a little bit south of the city to try to find a school that an old school building that had been turned into like a food court slash brewery slash outdoor area that a friend of mine had recommended. So it, we did find it. It was called the Ivy Wild School. We loved every minute of it. I don't know how old that building was, but it had hardwood floors that creaked when you walked in. Yeah, it's fantastic. Bar area is called the principal's office. And then in in several different classrooms, what would have been classrooms, they had turned those into like literally kind of food court size kitchens and serving areas. So you went around, there was like a pizza place and there was an empanada place Mm -hmm. and a salad place, just a regular like burger and chicken fingers kind of thing on one end. And then on the other end was a brewery. And then in the downstairs section, there was a distillery. The cafeteria was set up next door to the um, principal's office. And then there had like, they had made like an outdoor area. It was a little warm that day. So we sat inside, but great food, that was where we had Tim's birthday lunch. And he yeah. said that his hamburger was the best hamburger he'd ever had. Okay, so I posted that on Facebook and Michelle asked me about it. And I said, honestly, in translating Garmin, I think that <laughs> probably meant this is the best hamburger I've ever had in a lunchroom. Right. 
because he's had a lot of good hamburgers. And I know the hamburger was really good. Yeah. But I think the fact that he was eating it in a lunchroom probably meant this is the best school hamburger I've ever had. Well, I will say, Rains and I got chicken fingers. And first of all, they must have been giant chickens because those were huge pieces of chicken. And they were excellent. They were not real thick and the breading was really, really um, crispy, but the inside of the, the chicken finger was real tender. So would this have been the kind of chicken finger that Melanie Shankle could have eaten? Yes, because it was skinny. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. The bathrooms were really cutely painted and decorated. They had a, um, an old piano that was in the hallway. They had an old cigarette machine that had been converted into something called art o So A-R-T-O-M-A-T dot org. And basically this organization refurbishes and repurposes old cigarette vending machines. And you can buy a piece of art for $5. And so basically what it is, is a little tiny piece of art that's the set they've made everything in there. It's all these different artists. Everything in there is the size of a cigarette box. And you can pull the lever and out pops, you know, whatever thing. Kevin got a, a, um, a little watercolor. I got a little box of, uh, handmade note cards. Um, Chris got, is yours a little painting or drawing? No, it was the DSM three of cactus. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Really, really cute, really fun. Um, and then they've got a couple of little places in there that you can take your picture. They've got an old wooden uh, telephone booth. And um, then the outside, outside area, I, we said we were there at lunchtime, but we said we, we figured like late afternoon when it's time for happy hour and all of that, that that place is probably crawling, especially with the kind of weather they have. Yes. So that was great. We were thrilled to have found that. And of course, Tim wanted steak, uh, a good steak for his birthday dinner. So we found him a steakhouse. Yep. But before we did that, that was the day we went to do the cliff dwellings. Yes. Well, so this, the cliff dwellings is a perfect example of something that Rachel and Kevin traveling with Actually, them. that was Kevin's find. Yes, specifically the Cliff Dwellings was Kevin. But you you can take some credit for other things, but we'll <laughs> just pull out randomly <laughs> as space fillers, as part of the day fillers, where you're like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> right. And it winds up being just some fascinating something that we wind up doing. So it, I mean, you know, I really wasn't paying attention to all the history or whatever. I don't know, but I'm guessing people lived in cliffs and this was their homes. Basically they, I I don't know the time frame because as I mentioned, you know, one of those rocks was 300 million years old. So at some point between then and now, 
there were people that basically carved houses out of the sides of these cliffs. Yeah. And they're extremely basic. In fact, there was um, one. And so this Cliff Dwelling Museum has recreated some of these and you can start on one end and kind of walk through a, a variety of different options. Like one of them was like a three or four rooms. And when I say rooms, I don't mean like, um, you know, a room that you're used to. I mean like a little tiny corner that's maybe the size of a closet. Yeah. Um, but, and like in say four rooms, there might be three families that lived in there. So, but this whole kind of culture used this as a way to have their homes. And it was, it was interesting because you could walk, as soon as you walked in, I bet the temperature dropped 15 degrees. Oh, yeah. Um, it was amazing how, you know, nice it felt on the inside. But they yeah. carved windows. They had um, certain sections that were like for their cooking. Um, they had one section that was like kind of raised and it was like where the leader of their tribe would speak stand and speak very very interesting um not necessarily somewhere i'd want to spend a lot of time right because they could get a little crowded but um very interesting so that was something kevin had found and he was interested in doing so we did and we were glad we did and then that night we found a place called prime 25 and yes. we thought we were getting Tim, you know, just the biggest steak ever. And we got there and he and Grant ordered elk. Uh-huh. Of all things. Of all things. And I think they liked it. Yes, I think they did. Grant ate every bite of his. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you something interesting. Rains even tried a bite of elk. And Rains is not a particularly adventurous eater. So it was good. Did you try it? I did not. I did not either. Um, I was perfectly happy with my filet, which was delicious. And then after that, we, you know, proclaimed Tim to be, while we were having dinner, he actually officially turned 58. Yes. Um, So it had been, we had had a great birthday. He wore his Mississippi State shirt that Reigns had given him for his birthday a couple of weeks ago. Yep. And it was awesome. So then we headed home to go to bed because Friday was hot air balloon day. Yep. Which means you have to be up long before dark. Oh, it's not good. So we went to, we got picked up and that was everybody except Kevin and Tim. Yes. But they drove us because we got picked up at a hotel, taken to the launch site and then they picked us back up at the hotel when we were finished. But um, so we got to the hotel. We met um, T-Dog, who was yeah. our pilot. Um, everything was spectacular. You know, this was something that Reigns had wanted to do. It's on her bucket list. And when she first, when we first started talking about our trip and asking her where she wanted to go, she said, I want to go to Colorado and I want to ride in a hot air balloon. So this was her big thing. And I, I, I loved it. I thought it was, it was very peaceful. It was very serene. It was. Would you do it again? Beautiful. Um, I might do it again. Like if a, if a group was doing it, I don't feel a need to do it again. Like it's kind of, 
kind of like, oh, I've done that. That was fun. Yes. I wouldn't necessarily go in search of doing it again. Right. But like if we were somewhere and there were a bunch of people and it was like something the group was doing, I wouldn't have any problem doing it. Kevin, however, will always be a hard no on that. Yes. The landing, we all expected it to be kind of rough and it turned out to be just fine. Um, Mm -hmm. And you had done that before, though, right? You had done the hot air balloon before. Grant and Caitlin seem to really enjoy that. And for those of you that don't know, Caitlin is uh, Grant's girlfriend and she Uh got to go with us. So um, they really enjoyed it. Caitlin is is big into airplanes and she loves anything associated with astronauts and rockets and planes and flying and all of that. So she was all about the hot air balloon. She loved that. Um, And then that afternoon we had a tour at Glen Erie. Yes. Today is the home of the Navigators, but originally it was built as the home of General William Jackson Palmer, who is the man that founded Colorado Springs. So this was his family home. Our friend Martha from the Colorado Bunch was a former ho-ho at Glenary. Which she clarified to mean hostess slash housekeeper. Right. Thinking something else, but it was hostess slash housekeeper. So Tim absolutely loved it. Yeah, Tim's ready to buy it. it For loving a museum, loving a big house, all that kind of stuff. So it's very, it's not as big as the Biltmore, but it's, it's that style of a thing in terms of this guy that sort of discovered that area wanted to build was, you know, he was involved in the railroad expansion. And so he wanted to build something that was, you know, beautiful and impressive and he wanted to use local materials. And so even though it's not the set the, on the scale of the Biltmore at all, it, has the same feel in terms of being the biggest thing in that area. Right. And he also ended up with a lot of land um, attached to it, which is just gorgeous. I mean, and while we were taking our tour, like we looked up and there's wild turkeys just walking around on the grounds. And then we looked up and there was a whole group of sheep that are just, roaming around and having a snack you know i mean it's like somebody you know said okay cue the sheep except they weren't you know they were just doing what they normally do in their regular spot yes but it's run it's used now it's like i said it's owned by the navigators which is a christian organization um and they use it for a conference center and a bed and breakfast and they have all kinds of retreats and day camps and marriage conferences and all kinds of stuff. So, and they use the money from the tours and all of those events basically to keep up, to run the property and keep everything uh, maintained on it. So that was really fun. You can do, they do like tea, afternoon tea, several days a week. 
So that was that was really neat. And like I said, Tim was ready to buy the thing by then. Well, sure. Because um, there's a lot of stone on the outside, and he, he likes a stone house. Yes, he does. And then that night, Chris and Tim stayed in, but the rest of the group went to find the stadium for the Colorado Rocky Mountain Vibes baseball team. So that would be V-I-B-E-S. Grant is a big baseball fan, and this is like a minor league team that's part of an independent league, we think. Uh, They are somehow loosely affiliated with the Milwaukee Brewers, but we're not real sure how. Okay, and on a side note, did he text you about a documentary that he watched a couple of nights ago? Tim did, yes. And Grant and I have it on our list. It's the same same deal as the Rocky Mountain Vibes, except it was owned by Kurt Russell's father. And oh, it okay. was amazing. I didn't watch the whole thing, but just, it was crazy. Well, when Tim texted Grant and I, Grant showed it to me and he said, I've had this on my list for a while to watch. I just haven't gotten it. I haven't gotten there yet. So well, he knew I about it. I'd never Kurt heard Russell. of it. And he's not going to know who Kurt Russell is. But it's interesting that, I mean, Kurt Russell just grew up, you know, in that environment. Yeah. And it was fun. I mean, the vibes were fun. Their their mascot is a s'more <laughs> named Toasty. <laughs> so they literally have someone dressed up as a s'more that runs around and does all kinds of stuff during the game. And when you walk in the stadium, there's this, you know, those like giant Adirondack chairs. Yes. And in Colorado, you see a lot of those that have like the skis or the backs and they have the Colorado flag painted on them. Well, there was one of those and a couple of other one Adirondacks kind of sitting around it. But, um, right in front of it was a big fire pit. And that <laughs> night it was not cool, but I can imagine that there are nights when it is cool and they would probably have that fire pit going. Oh yes. Of course, Grant needed a hat because that's an interesting logo, one that he's never seen. So, yes. and they, that was fun. They were doing Friday night fireworks after the game. So we stayed and watched that. And I was wearing like a pair of jeans and a pair of flip flops and a real thin long sleeve sweatshirt. And I was perfectly comfortable. Like yeah. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't hot. It was, it was just really pleasant. And I um, think Kevin won the t-shirt that night because oh yeah kevin did definitely kevin bought a t-shirt which in and of itself is kind of unusual but it looks like the national park service logo (laughs) but it's actually somebody like at a campground and they're holding up that toasty the s'more (laughs) and it's very cute and it looks like a roll of toilet paper on a stick we'll stop there for today but Don't miss next week when we talk about the rest of our week in Colorado. Even if you have to miss Friday Night Mexican, don't ever miss an episode of the Taco Table Podcast.